Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, on this Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to continue to talk about how to make more money through marketing, how to decide how much to spend through marketing with Nicole McKenzie from Momentum Accounting. That was a lot. Nicole, say hi. Hi, Ian. I don't know what you're thinking inviting an accountant on a marketing show, but <laughs> I will do my best not to bore everybody. Uh, you won't because we're going to talk a lot about important things because if you want to market better, you have to know how much you can spend as well as who, which clients are most profitable. I know you think the big revenue clients are the most profitable, but there's a type of client that can drive you in the ground. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the importance of profiting through niches, how to do that. Attracting clients that think like you, so you profit more. Should you track your time? How to track your time? The lie of operating costs. How much your operating costs should be. The problem 99% of service businesses have that cause profitability issues. How to quickly decide if you're profitable. When to raise your prices. Nicole's price raising cycle, which I think is amazing. Um, and the first place to start, uh, how much time you should spend on your marketing, as well as figuring out your real lifetime client value. And her amazing piece of wisdom. All this on the Garlic Marketing Show. But first, it's brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com. One of the best returns on your marketing investment are your customer stories and videos. Best way to get them. Go to VideoCaseStory.com as we can help you collect, craft, and deliver those in 50 different ways. All right, let's get started. So Nicole, before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and Momentum. Sure. Yeah. So I like to say I'm a recovering CPA because I don't do taxes anymore. Um, that was a past life. But uh, before I started Momentum Accounting about six years prior to that, I was in at a traditional CPA firm. And what we do at Momentum Accounting is we help small businesses with their bookkeeping, payroll, financial reporting, and really understanding the levers in their business that they can pull in order to create more profits and increase their cash flow. So we have a team of eight currently, all remote. We've always been remote even before COVID. Um, so we enjoy working with other companies who are also uh, remote or okay with a um, you know using some of the online technology that we like to work on. Awesome, and that you know we didn't even mention that because I think remote has a different you, you kind of have to look remote at remote companies a little bit different when you're talking about profitability don't you yeah and i think that there's uh on that note right like i think about how much i spend on software it's funny we don't have rent we've never had rent but i probably pay in software uh almost the same amount as i would would pay in rent but i always look to spend no more than 30 percent of my revenue in operating costs and i would put marketing in that bucket. And so when I think about keeping in margins that will always create the same profitability for me, as I grow, I know how much money I can spend on marketing. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so that's, it's funny about software. And I bet you a lot of people are not tracking their software costs, are they? Yeah. And there's actually, there's two types of software costs, right? There's ones that you spend that are, what I would call like a, a client facing software costs, right? And that's more of a direct cost. 
And then there's software that you just need, like your Google Workspace subscription would be more of an operating cost. And so one thing we do is we help our clients really understand their profitability by client and more of their gross profit margin, which would be what are all of your costs that go into servicing a client, which would be the time that your employees spend, your subcontractors, all the software costs, any travel costs. And so really understanding what is the true cost that it takes to service each of your clients and which clients are your most profitable clients. And then what clients do you need to go out and possibly reprice or maybe fire because they're taking up capacity. And it really with service-based businesses, it's all about capacity management and optimizing your portfolio of clients. And so I think this is absolutely a very important thing to say because you you mentioned it, knowing what clients are the most profitable because that, how often is that different than the clients that spend the most with you? That's funny. So there's, there's profitability too. And then there's also like, especially with clients that are large and possibly take a long time to pay. And so you have to think about uh, what clients are the most ideal for you from a service standpoint, which ones are the easiest to service, which ones do you enjoy working with the most and which ones are actually going to pay you on time and not create cash flow issues for you. Because sometimes those big, your biggest clients, if you have uh, you know, high customer concentration risk, those are the ones that can drive your business in the ground because they take up all your resources and you're spending all your time on those ones. So you really want to diversify your client profile and focus your time and energy on actually delivering something awesome for a smaller group of clients or um, you know, more of one type of client rather than spreading all of your resources thin and trying to be master of none. And so one thing that has totally changed the trajectory trajectory of my business is we started focusing only on marketing agency owners and other professional service businesses. Um, So when we can bring them, you know, here's what your KPI should be and benchmark them against other agencies, it makes us a lot more appealing to work with than somebody else that works with every single type of business out there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also allowed us to price appropriately. That's a big point to me too, is not only knowing the types of client that can drive you in the ground, but attracting the right types of clients and making sure they're as profitable as possible. And when you start to do this, you know, I, I like success stories. Besides your success story, how, how has this helped some of your clients grow and be more profitable and actually be happier? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think from a, from a marketing perspective, it, it's so much easier to market when you're clear on who you want as a client and who you want as a client could be, it could be an industry or it could be a personality fit. And when you are showing your personality and what it's like to work with you, like for me, uh, LinkedIn has always been a great marketing tool for me because they go on there and it just, it's kind of like a stream of consciousness of here's what I'm thinking about today. And some of our best clients have come from that because they see the way I think, um, they see the way I interact with other people. And I think that's the great thing about like video content or anytime that you're putting yourself out there you're attracting people who think like you. And so some of our best clients have come from LinkedIn and it's just the best personality match because they've already been watching, seeing what we're doing. Um, and also I use I use LinkedIn a lot to do case study, like mini case studies. So we'll solve a problem for a client and I'll come and be like, here's how we just save the client $200,000. 
Um, and those are the ones actually that stories always do the best on LinkedIn, which is funny. Stories always do the best. I don't, I, yeah, I, I wish there was a place to go for stories. And so when you go to a client first and you you're start looking, let's say a digital agency, tell me about what do they think is going on versus what's actually going on with profitability, revenue, and the, and the clients that they think are the best. That, are they the best? Yeah. I mean, usually a lot of times they're just looking at the bottom line and saying, Hey, how come there's not enough money for me to take home as a business owner? And so I like to say, okay, well, let's look at your, if we break down your client portfolio right now, and can you tell me truly how much it costs to service each of these clients? When you look at, and in order to do that calculation, you have to understand what your hourly rate is. You have to be able to track time. A lot of agency owners don't want to track time because there's people in the industry that uh, are, are saying that you don't need to, but they actually don't run an agency. <laughs> um, <laughs> and even if you are fixed billing, right? You have recurring revenue, which uh, recurring revenue is obviously the holy grail, actually, uh, how did someone in the industry make a t-shirt that says, I, I, I did a post on LinkedIn that it was like a poem and said, I love recurring revenue. And someone <laughs> made a t-shirt uh, uh, based on that. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, the, the first place, the first place we always look is a lot of people want to cut their operating costs, which is funny. It's like, you're not going to say, you know, you're not going to change your business cutting a software subscription that costs you $200 a month. The biggest impact you can make on your business is understanding if your pricing is correct and understanding where you need to either cut your direct costs or increase your pricing. 99% of the time, people aren't pricing correctly, not pricing high enough. Um, or they have one or two clients that are like sucking all the capacity <laughs> out of the um, out of the employees or contractors who are doing that work. And so without understanding that, you're always just going to be chasing revenue and but you're not going to increase your profits. Oh man, I have been there, right? Chasing <laughs> revenue, chasing revenue. <laughs> and and also by not understanding that, you don't know what types of clients to even go after, do you? And and so you could be chasing revenue, you'd be closing a ton of clients and not making a whole lot of money or even losing money. Right. Yeah, exactly. So what I always recommend uh, my clients do is like, hey, take take just to start with, if you don't have the technology or systems in place to actually run a report to understand profitability by client, which most people don't take your top five clients that you think take up most of your time, go through and have your employees track how much time they're spending, look at any hard costs that are associated with those clients and try to get an idea of what your average hourly rate is or what your margin is on that client. So let's say you have a client that you bill $10,000 a month, then you want to take your employees average rate or average time they spend on that. And you can get what their average billable hour is or average, uh, what you're making hourly on that client. And then you want to compare that against what your goal is. Cause most eight or most owners go in with an average hourly rate that they want to make on a client by client basis. But most of the time when they actually look at it, it's not, it's not what they thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's true. And so I've got questions around that 
part part of it. You know, when you're saying time tracking, how much time should of uh, uh, like an employee be tracking? How much time is should you expect an employee to track? So you want them to track 40 hours a week. You want them to track every hour to make sure nothing's missed. Um, and then you you want them to have, so it's the important thing here is that your time tracking is set up properly so that they're spending time tracking the right things. And so a lot of times when we start working with a client, we're looking at their profit and loss statement and what they're tracking in their time tracking software it's not mapped correctly. So it's actually not giving the data structure just isn't right. So it's not actually giving them a report that they can pull that's clean, that shows them by client, by service line. Here's how much time we're spending. So what, yeah, what are you doing to alleviate that problem? So if we're helping them integrate their accounting software with their time tracking software, we will spend time understanding what their main lines of revenue are and then we, most of the time we simplify it. So a lot of times they'll be tracking like 20 different things and it's not really giving them any, <laughs> it's not really giving them the data that they need. And so you want to simplify it. If there's five different services you have, there should be five different time codes and it doesn't need to be exact. Um, you know, you don't need to do everything down to the, to the penny, but it's really just more to give you an overall view what clients are taking up their most resources. And so one thing I always recommend is before you hire a new team team member um, is you should raise your prices because probably what's going to happen is you may have, maybe you won't, most of the time you won't, but maybe you'll have a client that leaves, but overall your revenue will go up and then you've just created capacity. So it's like this cycle of, okay, I'm ready to hire the next person. Let's raise prices, cycle out our clients that maybe don't value us or have been underpaying, create capacity. If we, if nobody leaves, then cool. Then we have extra revenue to then go hire that next person. But what I see people do all the time, again, it's this idea of chasing revenue is, oh, we're not profitable enough. We need more revenue. We need to hire somebody. Um, and they continue servicing clients that are not profitable. So now, okay, you determine now, hey, these clients aren't profitable. We're raising prices. And I think that's a, that, I love that cycle that you're talking about. I've never heard that before. It's like, oh, raise your prices before you hire somebody. Like, geez. Always, I, yeah. I, that right there, probably over 15 years, I'm like, that probably could have made me like, couple million dollars <laughs> so get in your time machine tell me give me that advice 15 years ago <laughs> but it's so if anyone's listening to this absolutely crucial advice and before we get even further we can go to you can go to if you guys want to work with uh nicole and, and momentum nicole how does someone work with you if like they're like i need this help right now yeah, sure. You can go to MomentumAccounting.com and there's a contact form there. And then if you want to just follow me on LinkedIn, because I like to post silly things. Um, my name is Nicole with a K and I K O L E McKenzie. All right. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. So now you've decided, okay, I, like, okay, I figured out how to raise my prices. I figured out when to raise my prices. I figured out what clients are not profitable, getting rid of them. Now I've got to figure out how to how much money I should be spending and track my internal marketing projects, right? Because you're spending money, you're spending money in vendors, but we're spending money on time inside of marketing. How are we doing that the right way to make sure that we're tracking those as much as possible, but also spending as much as money as possible on or the right amount on marketing? 
Yeah. I mean, that's one big question I get a lot is like, well, how much should I spend on marketing? Um, and it can sometimes feel like a black hole, but the first place to start is understanding the lifetime value of a customer. So what you want to do is let's say you have, um, you want to figure out how long your customers stay with you. So if you have recurring revenue, let's say you have customers that stay with you for an average of three years. So what is the revenue that you will earn from that client over three years? less the cost of serving those clients. So that's not your operating cost. That is the cost that it takes for your delivery team. That's your direct employees and your contractors and your software costs. Um, so that's when it gets into like, what's your average margin by client, right? So hopefully your average margin by client is at least 70%. Um, that's ideal. So by client, if you have a client that you, that, um, that is 10,000 in revenue a month, your direct costs, again, your direct costs are the cost it takes to deliver. It's not your, it's not you as the owner. It's not your accounting costs. It's not your marketing costs. It's just the employees that work on that client, right? That should be 70% margin by client at least. Wow. So if you take that number, whatever that margin is, in this case, it's $7,000 per month. So multiply that for over three years, $7,000 a month over three years. That's the lifetime value of that customer. Um, so when you think about, then you think about, then you have to go look at, well, how much does it cost to acquire a customer? If you're doing a case story, <laughs> I don't know how much it costs, but let's say you've got one customer from doing a case story. Is that more than what you spend on that case story or whatever you put those dollars towards in marketing? Some marketing expenses are easier to track than others. Some are hard, right? Like people that put stuff up on billboards. You can't really tie that. That's more brand awareness. That's why bigger brands do that. With smaller companies, you want to make sure that you're working with somebody on the marketing side who can give you that data back and say, hey, this is how many people came to your website as a result of us doing this. And of the people that came to your website, this many people booked a call with you. And of the people that booked, from, booked a call with you, this, this person became a client. And how much did that trigger that you said at the beginning of this of the marketing process cost you compared to what you um, again the lifetime value of that customer? So then you know, like, okay, how fast do I want to grow? If I know every time I do X, then I'm going to make double the return. Um, I know most marketing people want to make you at least ten times as much, uh, so that's obviously better. But when you're interviewing people for whatever marketing strategy that you're doing, they should be able to, they should understand what the lifetime value, if they're not asking you what's the lifetime value of your, of your customer, um, that's probably something that's missing there because they're not able to prove to you that they can give you uh, the ROI that they can provide for you. It's amazing to me because that's like, I mean, once we get into the nitty gritty, once we're past like, hello, when we talk to a new prospect, <laughs> that's like the, the fourth question we ask and it's amazing to me how no one knows that number closely much less even like usually the range is like somewhere between 25 and a hundred thousand dollars like that's a big <laughs> range that's like which you know what do you want a honda or do you want a porsche right <laughs> it's like yeah and it's it's so crazy but like you're saying it's so important to know and, and know the marketing and know how much you can spend and then know the marketing costs. So once 
once you see this and you look at let's say digital agencies for a stand for for you know for a case how often are they spending the right amounts or where where's the mistakes being made in the spending is it in the right amount the wrong place wrong uh, people? most people aren't spending any money on marketing and they're <laughs> complaining about not having enough clients so i would what? say that that's the number one that's the wonder number one thing <laughs> it's so crazy right it's like I, hey i'm a digital agency i want you to spend money on marketing but don't i don't do it <laughs> yeah no exactly it's funny well I, up until up until i don't know a couple months ago we had never done any marketing so my marketing has just been random on linkedin and then business development you know i spent the first three years building my business going and shaking hands and going to networking events um, and but that's a marketing that, expense. That is a marketing expense. It's my your time. time. Right. And yeah. so I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to take all this time. And, and I'm getting leads that aren't necessarily like I'm getting accidental leads, you know, yeah. that aren't necessarily a right fit. It's just because somebody happened to refer them rather than me getting out there and resonating with somebody that's actually going to be a great fit for us. Yeah. And being intentful, like that's the problem with referrals. And I think that makes people lazy is because they're like, well, I'm getting referrals, but you're actually getting low value clients sometimes, aren't you? You you are. And also um, it's always going to rely on you as the business owner, right? Like mm -hmm. if you run a real business, then you're the CEO. You don't, you don't have to go out and do business development because otherwise something happens. You, if you're thinking about, especially if you're thinking about selling your business, if somebody is thinking when you're going to sell your business, you want it to run without you. And if it's, you're the first person to get a client in the door that's a problem um yeah. and also like with covid happened and all of a sudden you can't go out and network and there's all these things that you can't control or your pipeline's dry you want to be able to have a faucet that you can turn on or off mm -hmm. um and that's what having a good marketing strategy allows you to do it's like you can be like ah, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna turn turn that on right now because we're super busy and then it's and then if all of a sudden your pipeline dips then you can turn it back on and the other thing is is the more clients you have knocking on your door the higher you can price things right yep. because you have higher demand and so if you think about marketing what it does is it actually gives you way more pricing power to the point where it can pay for itself and then some, because you have so much more demand. And that's the beauty of marketing that I actually didn't realize. Um, that's something that like I, I've discovered over the last year is it isn't actually a cost if you use it in the right way. Yeah. And I'm wondering this about like, because you're seeing clients across a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of spends, right? You're seeing people that are spending a hundred bucks a month and you've been probably seeing clients that are spending a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I think a lot of people think of it, even marketers think of it as like a straight line progression, right? $10 gets you $10 worth of results, but you're probably seeing the thresholds of where people with bigger budgets are getting a much bigger share. Yeah. And I think it depends on the, the type of marketing one is more of a long-term play. If you're doing SEO or you're putting out videos, you're educating your prospects and that takes a while to create relationships with them. So like, for example, if you're a professional service business, you have to create a relationship with your client, especially if what I do accounting, right? Um, versus if you're selling a piece of software, ad spend might be a better solution for you because 
you're literally just trying to like it. People are like, oh, that's a tool. I need it. But you don't have to build a relationship for them. So you have to think about the type of business you are and what works best in your industry. And you can go talk to colleagues that are doing really well and say, hey, what worked for you? Because a lot of times you have other people in the industry that have kind of figured that out. And again, it comes back to like, what is it? Where are your customers? And what do, you know, do they need to build a relationship with you first? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I think that's a great view to take. Now, when you're budgeting, do you have, do you have any insight into like long-term versus short-term, like lead gen versus long-term play, like budgeting that? Because like you said, SEO is a long-term play. Legion, you know, PPC is a short-term play, but you are throwing money at it until you stop. Whereas that's yeah. you're investing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I like the idea of always having like a recurring cost that's building your brand. Um, that would be like more SEO, right? The long-term play, because you're always going to need that. And that just goes into like uh, controlling your costs. And so if you're trying to, if you're trying to keep your, operating expenses at 30,000 of your revenue, as you, as your revenue increases, usually your operating costs stay the same. And that means you can start at investing more in marketing as your revenue goes. So that's, that's kind of like the recurring expense, I would say, is just keep that consistent and have it grow with your revenue. And then if you're doing more of like one-time expenditure, you really have to understand again, going back to what's the lifetime value of a customer, you have to understand why you're doing that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like what you're doing, not working. Are you rolling out a new service line? Um, and that's when I would do more of like an individual calculation on that specific marketing activity. And again, going back to, hey, that whoever's selling that to you should be able to articulate the, the value of that. Now, I'm sure at this point, because I love this stuff, I love numbers. I was an economics major and math major. So I love numbers and I love marketing. So all this stuff to me is super exciting. I'm sure there's people at most of the people like thinking about trying to crunch these numbers. It's making their, their ears bleed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So you all do all of this for people, right? It's like you go through, find it all, and you're going to report all these numbers and give them advice based on numbers, aren't you? Yeah. So what we typically do is when we first start working with a client, we do a health check or before they become a client. So that's the first week, sell them $595. We're going to do a health check for you. What? And so, <laughs> so we $595. Yeah. It's cheap, right? Raise, raise your prices. <laughs> <laughs> I know we just, so we, so we used to do this whole thing for free. We used to sell for free and we would spend, I mean, cause, because we do everything on a fixed cost and it's complex and it's a big investment for our clients and they don't know us. So we were spending so much time just educating them, getting getting them comfortable with us before the sale would go through. And so I wanted like a low dollar way to get them in the door to prove our value um, before they made a bigger long-term commitment. And so far they've been selling like hotcakes. Yeah, I think we need to raise the prices, but that's what we do. We go through and we look at what are your, what are your margins versus benchmark or what we we think that they can be um we look at their cash flow and how long it's taking for the customers to pay and so we give them a nice report and say here are all the things we say and here here based on this this is the scope of services that we can help you with and then here's the cost that's awesome that's amazing and and 
you do this and then some monthly tell me about like working with you on a monthly basis is it a monthly call is it a weekly call is it a quarterly yeah, call yeah so so i have a team and what we do after the onboarding so during the onboarding we have it's all kind of all hands on deck you'll have an onboarding manager you hand off from sales to onboarding and onboarding can be one to four months, depending on how much of a mess you're bringing over or if we're converting <laughs> you from desktop to online. And so um, we're cleaning up, <laughs> we're cleaning it. Yeah, it's funny how many people are in desktop. Um, so we do a lot of technology implementations up front and we'll do cleanup accounting and then we'll format your financials so that we can actually pull out metrics and KPIs and then benchmark you against what they should be. And so every month you're you know whether you're on or off target. Um, and then, so every month, the way it works is you'll, you have at least two people on your account. So you'll have someone that does the day-to-day -day bookkeeping, paying bills, sending out invoices, and then an accounting manager who's doing the month end close, so making sure the financials look good and doing that meeting with you to go over the financial statements. Um, and then we also have a payroll compliance manager and then Ashley and I get involved if there's anything higher level or if we need to do any tech implementation. So we have a whole team that has a diverse range of experience um, and kind of plug and play as the client needs. Awesome. Awesome. So obviously it's easy to get started with you and we'll put a link to momentum in the show notes, link to your LinkedIn. So everyone can see your crazy stories. And do you have any piece of parting wisdom when it comes to profitability, marketing, and growing your business? Hmm. Any piece of wisdom, charge more for your services. You're probably not charging enough, but having the data to know that or not is important. So if you don't have the data to know if you're charging correctly, don't just go off what your friends are doing and go ask what they're charging. That's not a way to run a business <laughs> <laughs> because your costs may be different than theirs. So uh, yeah, it's nice to have that benchmark data to know what your what your friends are charging and other people are charging in the industry, but you need to be pricing based on your costs and the type of business that you want to run because if you're growing really fast, those businesses typically have lower margins versus a business that's more of a lifestyle, then you probably want higher margins. And so you have to understand and make a decision of like, this is the type of business I want. And based on that, then this is the way I'm going to price. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll put a link to all this. That is great advice. Charge more, figuring out how you charge more. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Thanks so much for having me. And this has been my first ever sunset podcast. So we'll, we'll share the sunset as we go. A little bit of the sunset. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> well, thank you all for taking Nicole and I on your journey. This has been I and Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video, you know, it'll make you an authority. You know, it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer? An agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you 
that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 